Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the afternoon here on AusBiz. This is The Call, live from our Barangaroo Studios. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to an expert panel. We do it all in one hour. It is Wednesday, the 10th of August. Let's introduce our expert panel for today. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Andrew Willen from DP Wealth Advisor up there in Toowoomba. Welcome, gents. Good to see you. Hi, guys. A uh, lot, to, lot to get through. That sounds so excited. A lot to get through today. <laughs> um, so let's get stuck into it. Uh, first five stocks in this half hour. We'll take a, run our eye over Arafura Resources, REA Group, just uh, um, released results in the last day. Uh, the Beta Shares Asia Tech ETF, uh, because we have the ETF Whisperer on the show today, and Andrew Willett, uh, Symbio and Elders. But uh, stock of the day, uh, probably Australia's most owned um, stock and uh, the biggest of the big four banks. Uh, CBA's 9.5, uh, $9.59 billion full year cash profit out this morning. Topping estimate, shareholders will be rewarded with a higher than expected dividend, $2 a share, taking the full year dividend to $3.85. It's an 11% jump in profits with home lending driving the result and comes despite an 18-point drop in net interest margins. The bank says it expects margins to increase as interest rates rise, though. Profits were also padded by a drop in expenses related to lower remediation costs and productivity benefits, which offset a rise in higher staff costs. Matt Common says Aussie businesses and households are in a good position, but that he expects consumer demand to continue to moderate as the cost of living bites. Matt Common uh, will be on Ausbiz a bit later this afternoon. I'll be uh, chatting with him. Um, let's get the view of, uh, of the fellas. Andrew Willett from uh, DP Wealth Advisory. What do you think of the result and Combank shares at these levels? Uh, good day, Koshi and Henry. I think the result was not too bad. It was uh, just slightly ahead of consensus, about 2% ahead of consensus, and certainly that uplift in dividend was welcome, albeit on the current share price, it's about a, what, 3.85% fully franked dividend, so certainly not as high as some of the other banks. Um, as you spoke about, Koshi, the result, the beat was uh, mainly driven, well, in part driven to the winding back of some of the COVID provisions that they actually had in place. So, again, it's quite right to do that, but equally so it's not just sort of a straight business growth piece. There's a couple of other moving parts there as well. Uh, would I be paying $101 for CBA at the moment? I probably would struggle a little bit with that. Um, but equally so, it's a very well-run business and I'm very comfortable with it for clients to be holding it, but, oh, sorry, $100.40. But would I be buying it at these levels? Uh, probably not, because of course, once they go ex-dividend, they might come under a little bit of pressure as well. Right, okay. All right, so I'll hold from you. Henry, uh, what do you think of 
uh, CBA, big four bank. You usually find them a bit boring. <laughs> well, boring is kind of good, Kosh. You've got to say, boring can be good, especially, you know, the, the big four banks are basically just money printing machines, aren't they? Let's face it. You know, they make between 28 and $30 billion in profit, out of which they pay back 70% of those profits back to shareholders. So it is a money printing machine. And once again, ComBank has shown us that it is that money printing machine, better dividend, uh, results in line, etc. Um, the thing that I find interesting about all these banks uh, is they're all singing from the same song sheet. They're all talking about uh, their mortgage holders being ahead of payments, no problems. Uh, they even had, uh, they said the proportion of customers falling behind in their home repayments has fallen to point four nine percent you know so this is a pretty good environment now on the flip side of all of this we're seeing consumer sentiment falling off a cliff at the moment if you can believe some of the uh, consumer numbers we're seeing house prices under some pressure and we're seeing interest rates heading higher now i don't know whether they've all got together these four of them the four heads of these banks and said you know this is what we're going to say we're going to keep the uh, confidence in the sector uh, but certainly that is something that is generic to all of them at the moment no problems nothing to see here no one's going to have any problems with their mortgages all these fixed rates are going to expire and they're all going to roll into uh, whatever comes next and that's going to become somewhat higher in the next one or two years it is a hold only because it is such a money printing machine and it has had a massive rally off that sort of 87 dollars to 100 bucks odd um i would probably you know as andrew says once the dividends out of the way maybe the incentive to own this one diminishes slightly it is trading at a big premium as always to the other three banks is that justified probably yes maybe it's um trading at a big premium to other stocks that you think well maybe they've got more growth i don't know but yeah it's a hold but i'm just still concerned about the issues with higher rates delinquencies bad debts etc i know we've got you know full employment we've got uh, growth etc but it's just niggling at the back of my mind still mm -hmm. that um, you know all is supposedly rosy but maybe it's not the other thing that was slightly worrying about the numbers was macquarie seems to be making some inroads into the mortgage market which given they're doing lots of advertising is hardly surprising yeah okay all right uh let's get into the stocks that you want us to uh look at stuart uh henry wants a view on arafura resources stuart says i initially purchased a while ago after it received a government grant to develop their mining for rare earth materials in australia they've just announced a share placement offer to the trend still look, look favourable for the company or should I be happy with my current gains? I'm a long-term investor so I don't mind waiting. Um, Arafura, Rare Earths, Nolan's project. Of course, at the moment, resources are having a little bit of a renaissance. This one's just raised 41.5 million bucks. I think 26.5 cents was the price. I am probably, I think they might slip below that. The, uh, the current sort of environment does suggest that at some stage we do see a little slide below or even, well, 
maybe just close to the uh, to the placement price, was well supported by both local and international investors, so that is good. And they did have that big blip up uh, when we saw the government sort of coming to the party mm. in the uh, the dog days of Scott Morrison trying to uh, uh, favour or, or, or curry favour with some of these miners and, and stick some credentials, some green credentials or some at least mining-based credentials. So I think, you know, at um, below... 27 cents it is a buy um, i don't mind this space they certainly got uh, uh, lots of interest at the moment um and uh, this nolan's project now you know they're going to be um funded to some extent for the project and they have got um final investment decision on the project still awaiting but certainly 41 and a half million bucks will certainly help that so i i think me personally 27 cents they'd be a buy and i think they will hit there and then you probably uh, buy them. If you've been holding them for a while and you're a long-term holder, I don't see a problem too much at the moment with holding onto them for the longer term. Okay, Andrew? What to say? My my learned friend has covered most of it. Uh, I, I would say though that so those MOUs that they have with Hyundai and also GE um, in particular with their wind turbines is uh, certainly very helpful to them. So, uh, but uh, Henry's uh, spot on as always. Whenever there's an SPP or in this case a institutional placement, that's certainly going to dampen on the share price. So if you're happy to be patient, and I think you know that 26, 27 cents mark is probably where you'd be looking at them. Uh, I, I quite like this. I like the geopolitical tension piece and the fact that uh, the US is really sort of trying to bring a lot of their uh, things either with amongst their friends, amongst their allies, or even at home. We'll talk about that in a moment when we talk about Asia. Uh, so I do like the company. I do like the space. The price is probably the issue. It's a hold and a buy a bit cheaper. Okay. All right. So same with uh, with you there around that 27 cent mark. Uh, agree with Henry. Um, all right. Our next stock, uh, of course, is REA, the, uh, uh, the big property mark, digital market place and uh, Hannah wants a view Andrew on REA uh, had a great um, storm up in share price yesterday ahead of its results results came out and uh, down four bucks this morning yeah, but as you just said, it, it had a, a ripper of a run. That's a technical finance term. It had a ripper of a run uh, yesterday. So, you know, you, you do expect for some of that money to be sort of handed back. Uh, $17 billion in market cap. I didn't realise it was that large. It's certainly not a small player. And if the property market continues to weaken, that perversely plays quite nicely into REA's hands because they have those premium products. You know, do you want to pay more to be at the top of the listing? Do you want, you know... Do you want fries with that? Yep. And so as a consequence, they are absolutely well placed in a weakening market to take advantage of their um, significant uh, market position. The PE is probably a little bit of a challenge. It's a PE of 42 times. So remembering the market average is around 18, 19 times. And we don't mind paying a higher PE if there's some strong EPS, if there's some strong growth there. Forecast EPS growth, however, is only around 10%. But again, I think you need to look through the cycle. And if I I was getting a little, if I was being difficult, which as you can appreciate, Koshi is hard for me to do, but if I was being difficult, <laughs> I would say that that international business 
uh, in India and trying to get that sort of integrated and in particular that mortgage choice business that they've bought as well. You know, did they sort of uh, pay top dollar at the wrong time of the market? That's going to be sort of two headwinds for them. Ooh. But I do like margin. I do like the strong return on equity. Uh, on balance, it's a hold. Okay. All right. Uh, last time I spoke to Owen Wilson, which I think was after the half yearly results, he was saying the market doesn't understand India. Uh, he said it is just <laughs> roaring. Um, I like yeah. I like India a lot. It's really, said, and if you look at ETFs, I've got to sneak an ETF in there because you've only given right. me one today. Some of the best performing ETFs have actually been the Indian um, domiciled ones or yeah. Indian focused ones this year. Okay. Big fan of it. I'm just saying it's a it's a focus from management. Management instead of you know looking at Australia or looking elsewhere, including mortgage choice, it's just right. going to distract. Okay, Henry. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think anyone understands India really today. It's, it's one of those countries that is very hard to understand. I don't think even Indians probably understand India. Um, REA Group, it's, it's another one that, um, you know, it's not cheap. Let's face it, it's not cheap. It has got a dominant position. It's what I call an old school platform stock. So it's built the platform. It does pretty well out of the platform. It's a bit like car sales and seek. Of course, uh, News Corp owns a big slug of REA Group, which does affect its liquidity it has bounced quite well uh, and as you say uh, Owen is very much on the positive track in terms of uh, you know the property outlook even though we could see prices coming off uh, that could play into REA groups hands so it is a hold it's a quality quality stock it does have that Indian kicker um, mortgage choice not sure that was the bestest to buy in the worldish. Uh, AFG, which is the biggest mortgage broker in uh, the country, is um, you know has been not struggling, but it's certainly been going nowhere really. Uh, and mortgage choice tends to do well when uh, the economy perversely is a little bit on the nose, mainly because we see uh, jobs being lost in white collar jobs, and they tend to try and buy uh, mortgage choice franchises, yeah. uh, or uh, or they get into that sector mortgage broking, and of course uh, that does help them building out the franchises, building out the number of points of sale. I guess uh, does help them in terms of volumes. For me, this one is a hold. Andrew's right. 42 times earnings. It's got not much in the way of yield. It's owned by News Corp, so they've got a massive, massive uh, sort of um, advertising platform built in to promote the business, to promote property, as has Domain. I guess if you're looking at this um, this sector, you'd have to think, well, which do I buy? Do I have Domain or do I have REA Group? I think, you know, you probably go with uh, the biggest and the best out of the two. Um, it is a dominant behemoth in the space it's a hold but okay. yeah it's hard, it's hard to get excited about it all right um uh, andrew cynthia wants a view on the beta shares asia technology etf asia technology everyone would be going cynthia why <laughs> why <laughs> that's it well Thank, thank you, Henry. In fact, if you, because one of the benefits of the call, of course, is you're developing, because how long, oh, sorry, Ausbiz, how long have you been going for now, Koshi? A couple of years? Yeah, two, two, and three and years? Half, two and a half years. 
So you'd have an extensive library, not only of content, but also of presenters. So, if, you know, if you sort of need to put yourself to sleep at three in the morning, you can sort of um, have a look at what I was saying about Asia a couple of years ago, and you would have seen that I would have been, let's get stuck into it. Yep. It's a ripper. It's twice I've said that now. Um, and then, of course, we've had some real issues, not only from a macro point of view relating to inflation and so forth and interest rates, which hasn't been helpful, but in particular, if we're talking specifically about the Asia ETF, we've got some real geopolitical issues going on there, the way that the Chinese have changed their regulation, etc. So that is a real, you know, talk about headwinds, that's a real headwind for this. President Xi is up for um, re-election soon. And so, you know, again, I think there's a lot of uh, trepidation as to what Chinese regulation is going to look like. I think post his re-election that might um, loosen up a bit, but that's a real challenge at the moment. The other thing that I'm a little bit worried about there is there one of their biggest holdings is Alibaba. It's about 9%. Now, Alibaba is a business, is an amazing business, but as you're aware, Alibaba is in fact going to be forced to delist off the New York Stock Exchange. And so a lot of these sort of passive holders will have to be sort of selling off their Alibaba shares, and I think their primary um, listing will then go back to Hong Kong. What impact will that have on the portfolio if 9% of your portfolio is almost a forced sale? So there's a few moving parts, geopolitical stuff, inflation, interest rates, um, 21% of the exposures to Taiwan, and obviously there's a lot of um, stuff going on there at the moment relating to those tensions with China. I, I guess what I'm saying, Koshi, I think it's too hard at the moment. There, there is a story there. From a valuation point of view, I think the underlying companies are certainly looking far more compelling, but the macro picture is not helpful, so it's a hold. Okay. Uh, Henry? Like a tiger. Um, <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. It hasn't been like a tiger for a while, though, has it, when you look at that chart? Well, I think it's been like a stuck like a tiger, lame duck. to be honest. Yeah. It's been like a tiger that's been to the taxidermist, I think, uh, more than anything. It's certainly been a lame duck. Um, to be honest, you know, it's, it's a it's a great sort of thought bubble, yeah, Asian tech tigers. I mean, that's, you know, really? Come on. Um, it's a great thought bubble, but as Andrew is the whisperer and he is the expert in this space, you know, really and truly, it's a great theme, it's a great idea, but execution has been troubled by what's happening in China, what's happening in Taiwan, um, just generally. I mean, really? I mean, Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, I mean, that probably says it all. It, you know, I'm, I'm a very simple person and I like Australian shares because I can see, touch and feel them. I have no clue about what Alibaba is worth, does, or all that sort of stuff. Um, so for me, no. It's, um, it's, it's a hold at best only because it's been crunched, but I think there's better things to uh, invest okay. in elsewhere, I have to say. Andrew, did you say if you're in it, you'd still hold it after the crunch? Yeah, it's still a hold because right. from the, for all the headwinds I put out there, valuation, as Henry just said, all these things have been absolutely crunched. And if we're right in the view that the US Fed will sort of top out their interest rate rises in December and may even start coming off yep. June, July next year, all these thematic ETFs, they're in the frame again, including um, this one. Okay. Um, so, Henry, what's your view on the NASDAQ? Because that, te- that, that drives tech stocks around the world and also into Asia as well. Yeah, that's sort of the big theme, isn't it? 
Well, it is. And let's face it, Koshi, we do have a pretty big uh, number coming out of the US tonight, and that's going to drive NASDAQ to some extent. Interestingly, those two chip makers last night, uh, Micron and NVIDIA, uh, were downgrading semi. I thought there was a semiconductor shortage, and yet they're yeah. saying, well, um, yeah, there's, there's so many conflicting things at the moment. It's it's weird. I, I think the U.S. market is going to um, go sideways, and I think it will drift off. Um, and I think we're going to have more volatility as summer ends in the northern hemisphere. The fund managers get back from the Hamptons. They'll come back grumpy, and uh, they'll get down to work. And I think they will be concerned about the level of inflation still in the U.S., the slowing U.S. consumer. And I think the NASDAQ at best is a sideways movement. At worst, we could see another leg down. So, oh, okay. um, but you know, I'm no expert on on Meta, Google, etc. You know, it's it's not it's above my pay grade, Crossy. Right. <laughs> All right, and that and that's hard to start with. Um, let's I wish. Uh, uh, Josh wants a view on uh, Symbio, uh, Henry. The uh, basically the uh, cloud-based communications business, um, a telecommunications business um, that that is online. What do you think of Symbio? I've got to say, Kosh, this is not one that I've ever looked at before, but the more I looked at it, the more I kind of liked it. They've got, you know, 52 million bucks in cash. They've got no debt. They've got a pretty good business model in terms of um, connecting phones to technology. There's a sort of a connectivity aspect here. Um, They've got an Asian growth strategy as well, which I suspect will take longer than they anticipate, as these things always do. The stock has bounced off its lows at around $3.50 back in uh, the dim, dark days of the end of June. It's back up to $4.25 odd, uh, which I don't think is that undemanding in terms of uh, valuation, but it does hinge on their Asian strategy. Uh, but it's, it's pretty good technology, to be honest, and it's got that sort of SaaS model uh, kind of aspect to it. I don't mind this one, um, but I think it's it's a hold at the moment only because I think the jury, we've got more holes than the Greco-Roman wrestling at the Commonwealth Games <laughs> again, so that's a bit of a worry. But I think the jury is a little bit out on the Asian growth. I think it will take longer than the company anticipates, and, and that, I think, is the key to kicking it higher. But we could easily see this one back to five bucks in in a year or so. So yeah. I guess on on that basis, it's a, it's a weak, uh, weak buy or certainly a hold. If it came back to below four bucks, I think you'd be looking to buy it. Okay, uh, Andrew. Yeah, so for those playing at home, this is the old My Net Phone M N M N F, and um, I was sort of in and out of those from about 2015 to 2017, 2018, two bucks up to five and six. So I, I know the business well, knew the business relatively well, but it sort of fell off the radar, and. Uh, Thankfully so, from my point of view, because as you, as we saw with the chart before, it's uh, not looking that uh, that friendly. Uh, I note that uh, results are on the 29th of August. So of course, we're in the middle of profit reporting season. It's a dangerous time. Great time to be running a finance work, network, Koshi. Lots of content, but from an investor point of view, lots of landmines about. So, you know, I agree with Henry. It's an interesting business, but I would definitely want to see what that result on the 29th of August was before I started um, sort of accumulating 
negotiating at a position. They've just gone through a big reorganisation within the business as well. So again, you know, how's that all going to play out? I note that the consensus valuation's fallen about 25% over the last three months. So that's sort of one of the reasons why I think the share price has been under pressure, albeit it's bouncing. It is indeed a hold. I think around that 350, 360, 370 sort of the, the buy. But at current levels, it is a hold. hold. Okay. And Emily Andrew wants a view on Elders, the uh, the big agricultural stock to often described to me as almost like a uh, an agricultural LIC. Uh, has a bit of everything. Uh, owns property, sells properties, the haulage, the whole lot. Yeah, I'm sure we all, not only us on the panel, but in broadly more in life, we've all had regrets. <laughs> oh, I've had a few. Where, where, where are we going with this, Andrew? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel like lying this. down on a couch. It's not a, it's not a conventional. Uh, can be if you want. But one of my great regrets is that I did not buy elders when they were a financial basket case. Mm-hmm. And we look at them today and they're 12 bucks. And the way they have turned this business around with all the, the multifaceted bits that you were just referencing before, Koshi, this is a very well-oiled machine. And, you know, if you want to um, spend a bit of time, have a look at their recent ASX announcements where they talk about their rolling eight-point plans, how they're executing against those, how their margins are going, their geographic diversification. These are very, very switched-on guys girls. However, they're also operating in a business where a lot of the stuff is outside their control. You know, what's going on with the weather, what's going on with commodity prices and so forth. So again, it's a look through the cycle type of business rather than just a straight money making machine. Really like it a lot like it immensely but I'm just worried that again given that I live in God's country and what's going on with ag at the moment a lot of my clients are telling me it doesn't get much better than it is at the moment from an ag point of view and that scares me with this business so sadly it's a hold um, but there is lots and lots and lots and lots and lots to like about this business, including the valuation. It's only a PE of 12. Uh, EPS growth is a bit anemic at around 7%. But the way, like, just very briefly, Koshi, sales up 38% last year, re- reduced debt by 46%. Yeah. You know, like, they get it, but they're hostage to weather, they're hostage to climate change. So it's a hold. And you buy it when everyone hates ag, not when everyone loves ag. Right, okay. So you buy it during droughts, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, Henry? Um, I've got to say, I'm a little bit conflicted with this one because a friend of mine was the CFO with this and has recently uh, just uh, announced she is leaving and moving on. Um, So I am a little bit conflicted with this to some extent. Now, I know they've done an amazing job turning this business around, but I think some of the reason that they've done an amazing job is it rained. Um, you know, and that can cover a multitude of sins to some extent. Also, we have, as Andrew says, had agricultural products as high as they have been for a long time. And we are seeing, luckily, I guess, for farmers, the uh, price of diesel and petrol coming down as well. So that is a help for them, gives them more dollars in their pockets. And, of course, elders is across pretty much every aspect of the agricultural space. If you want to play that agri space, uh, I think this is probably the, the diversified way to play it. It looks good on the charts. It has come off a long way from 15 bucks. Uh, and it 
bottomed at $11 or so uh, back in uh, sort of uh, the end of July. So it has been under some pressure. And um, so that, that kind of, I'm tempted to go with the buy. Um, because it's come down a long way and ag is going pretty well. But I'm a bit concerned, uh, one, about the high agricultural pricing that we've seen, and maybe it is as good as it gets. Um, and also, yeah, it's just it's so embedded in farmers' lives that I think there is some wastage uh, in the company that maybe needs to be addressed in the future. But um, it's, for me, I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to say it's a buy. <laughs> purely on the basis of how well the agricultural sector is doing. I've talked myself into it. I can talk myself out of it as well. Um, but I think it, you know, on the charts, it looks all right. It's been punished. Interestingly as well today, uh, what I think is uh, a, another positive for these guys is that Grain Corp has come out with yeah. a, um, an earnings really guidance good. update, uh, which has been pretty well received by the market, a pretty good update from them. Yeah. And of course, you know, th- those are guys wheat farmers and yep. their elders so on that basis i think elders has got uh, potential maybe to rally back towards the sort of 13 14 dollar level um before it um, gets into sell territory again okay uh can i just say whenever you're on i feel yep. very very privileged because it's almost yeah. as if we're inside your brain as you, you don't want to go there as you go i know i know how scary it is um and <laughs> we see the wheels ticking and go one side, the other. It's it's terrific. Well, you see, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm an old trader and to me, you know, companies are there to be bought and sold and, you know, it's very price dependent. Yeah. And, you know, a company that looks great at a dollar can look really terrible at um, $2. It just depends on... Yep. on, um, you know, the trading mentality you yep. have. Absolutely, but, yeah. absolutely. All right, let's Scary recap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, good we get you before lunch too. Um, yes. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's have a look at the oh. first five stocks and the stock of the day. Uh, CBA, a hold from both Andrew and Henry. Arafura, um, a hold but a buy if it gets around that 27 cent mark. Uh, both agree that, um, that it would be attractive down there. There. Uh, REA a hold, uh, Beta Asia Tech Tiger Fund um, is a hold from both just because it's been whacked so much. Uh, Symbio um, a hold from Andrew, hold to a weak buy from, um, from Henry, and uh, Elders a buy from Henry and a hold from Andrew. Here at the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund picked by our investment committee, of uh, which Henry is part of. Uh, the latest episode of the committee meeting is on ausbiz.com. Let's check out the portfolio. So heading into August, Ordnate was removed, uh, took some profits there. Oz Minerals was added and uh, wasn't that timely given the uh, the takeover offer from uh, from uh, BHP. Uh, the committee also upped the Woodside, the size of the Woodside holding as well. So if we see how the portfolio is performing, uh, the fund up 3.2% on a cumulative return basis. 
since its inception on the 1st of March. So keep sending in your request for the call because that's the first filter to go up to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, this half hour, we're going to take a look at Reckon, Tuller Resources, Wiser, Beston Global Food, and also Bubs. I think um, about the last four episodes of the call you've been on, Bubs has come up, Henry. So uh, we'll yeah. see if you've got an update there, particularly after A2 Milk has copped a shellacking as a result of trying to get into the US. But uh, before any of that, let's have a look at Reckon. Andrew Nate wants a view on uh, Reckon. Basically, uh, it's a competitor to zero, isn't it, in um, software and payroll accounting for small business? Indeed, it is, Koshi. Uh, results out yesterday. Um, results were okay. I mean, you're right, they're similar businesses, but trying to compare them as yes. like, you know, watermelons and grapes, like very, very different businesses. Um, probably the interesting thing, one of the things I like about doing the call, apart from, you know, your two company and the way that we enable and build each other up, of course, um, is that you get to look at companies that you don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to. So Reckon have also announced that they're selling off an accounting practice from memory and are going to be distributing a partially frank dividend of between 54 and 58 cents a share, which is pretty significant when you actually look at the share price. So, you know, sometimes little opportunities present themselves. That's not a recommendation. That's just an observation. But that's what's going on, that, you know, there's um, that sort of dividend that's coming back. And obviously, by virtue of that dividend coming back, that share price is going to come under a lot of pressure. Um, I like the fact that they are investing significantly in research and development. About a third of their revenue they're putting in back into R&D. And I like the fact that 91% of their revenue is annuity style. So, you know, you've got fair predictability of earnings there. I always like a business with a strong ROE as well. However, um, if we come back to the comparison between zero and reckon, you would buy zero every day of the week and twice on Sunday before you would buy reckon, simply by virtue of the fact that you talk to anyone who is a zero client, me included, they have you buy the short and curlies. And once you are locked into that business, you are pretty well locked in. So I think Reckon, you know, started its life off as, you know, software that you'd buy off the shelf. They've tried to sort of shoehorn it and turn it into sort of this cloud-based system. Zero has been cloud-based from day one, and that's why Reckon's having to having to play catch-up, and that's why we've got the big diversion. So interesting business, but it's a hold. Yeah. But be aware of that special dividend and therefore the pressure on the share price once that special dividend is paid. Right. Uh, would you? Does zero look attractive to you, or 
not at not well. It's come off today. It's about three or four bucks yeah. today. Look, yeah. But the magic number for them seems to be around eighty. They right. seem to regularly right. bounce off eighty. Um, the Saran Super Fund, the amazing Super Fund that is Saran, only holds um, one direct share. The one direct share it holds is zero. Oh. So I'm I've been holding that since about thirty bucks. I really do like zero, but uh, yeah, ninety dollars. It's not a buy. Okay, um, Henry, what do you think of uh, of Reckon and sort of compare? Edward Zero. Well, Koshi, I just hope that I was the one that suggested putting Oz Minerals in the um, investment basket. I think you were. Were you? I think I was. Now you're skiting. Well, I think I had to fight quite hard for it as well. You did. Um, Anyway, back to Reckon. It's, um, you know, it sold this business for 100 million bucks, 8.4 times EBITDA. It is going to return a lot of that money back to shareholders. So the question is what's left and how much is it worth? Um, That is the big question. It's business and the legal group is what is left. Um, The stock price obviously had a big, big rally on the back of that deal. Um, It went from sort of 85, 86 cents up to uh, $1.20. And it's pretty much been there ever since. So the market has got to really grasp and grapple with what the rump what the bad stuff, because I mean, the good stuff they've obviously sold, um, the accountants uh, group uh, business, uh, the accounting software business. Um, so what is left the business and legal groups software uh, side of things, is that worth what's left? I'm not sure, I have to say. They do have a payment solution, uh, Novati. Uh, which is a listed ASX company in the payments place. Aren't they all in fintech? I mean, there's so many payment platforms, it's not funny. Yeah. Uh, but Novati is uh, a big shareholder of Reckon, and uh, they've obviously partnered with them for this payment solution uh, that will be embedded in the Reckon software. I think, I reckon that this one is probably a hold. Um, it'll obviously, it will drop by 54 or 58 cents plus a bit of um, franking uh, benefit uh, when that cash is paid out to shareholders. So it'll be back to sort of 74, 70 cents-ish, uh, you know, 65, 70 cents. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the market values it. But given that we have the benchmark now at 8.4 times EBITDA, the accounting group side of things, the business and legal groups, uh, there is the valuation there. So the market will easily be able to value reckon yep. on the basis of the last transaction. I think it's, I, th- I think it's, I think zero is a better bet. To be honest, as Andrew says, he's, he's obviously nailed that one. Um, I, I would um, wait for it to settle down. To be honest, so okay. up here, take take the money. Probably you've you've enjoyed the big bounce. Take the money. Wait for it to settle down. Wait to see how the business uh, and legal group thing pans out and then go from there. So you'd be a sell on it? Yeah. Take I the money so. and run. Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, I think I think I'd prefer zero, even even yep. at these prices. Okay. Um, Phil wants to view uh, Henry on Tuller Resources, the uh, uh, gold um, uh, development and exploration company, what they've got 50% interest in uh, the Norseman Gold Project. Uh, they have gold, uh, gold, gold, gold for Australia. Certainly, Commonwealth Games. Uh, they've got fifty uh, percent of the Norseman gold. Uh, they do have cash, but they do also have a little bit of debt. Uh, they've also got some uh, Pantoro shares as well. They did sell fifty million Pantoro at around twenty-five cents, which has kicked them into the cash side of things. Uh, they got the twelve and a half million bucks gross. Um, I can't get massively excited about this one. I I do like the gold space. 
and I oh. have had some gold exposure. Uh, I have been a lithium and gold bull. Uh, I have actually sold out today of some of my DeGray, which I bought at 75 cents, uh, selling out just half at the moment. Uh, St. Barbara's had a bit of an issue today, which is one that I also hold. Uh, but um, Tuller doesn't really get into my gold sphere, I must admit. Um, so for me, it's... You know, it could be good, could be bad. It's 62% owned by uh, Tuller Group, so the the liquidity can be a smidge of an issue at times. Yeah. So um, yeah, you got a lot to choose from, don't you? As a thing, if you oh, want to get into gold, there are so many good gold companies. There's so many, and you know, at the moment you've got you've got um, the, the Genesis guys, Genesis Minerals, uh, on a bit of a uh, acquisition spree buying Dacey, and they have been rumoured to be looking at St Barbara to rationalise that Leonora goldfield uh, in Western Australia, which probably does need a bit of rationalisation. Uh, Tuller doesn't really fit into my thing, so for me, it's an avoid. Just there's probably better gold stocks right. to uh, to play. But you like gold. A lot of people are way off gold, saying it's as a move well, for young. It's is a perfect well, it storm for gold, and it's done nothing. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't moved huge amounts, um, especially in Aussie dollar terms. Um, but you know, the the gold miners themselves have got uh, well apart from the fact they're probably chock full of M&A because of uh, you know they've gone through they're going through a few hard times at the moment the strong will buy the weak and that's certainly something we're seeing with Genesis yeah. and uh, Dacian but I also think you know at the end of the day gold is not that exciting anymore as a, as a hedge against inflation or against those geopolitical risks although you know if China went into Taiwan we could see the um, see how that one pans out but um that would probably spike gold up a little bit but you know it's just it's just another commodity yeah you know at the end of the day they they cost them 1200 bucks to dig it out the ground they get 23 2400 dollars uh to sell it and there's quite a nice profit margin on that for, for gold miners and they have become more efficient over time and with oil prices coming down that does take away some of the headwinds and i think um one of the health experts said covid's um officially uh, no longer a bigger that much of an issue uh although I, I would tend to disagree a bit with that, but um, so that that's going to help the WA side of things get back to more normal conditions. So I am still a bit of a bull of the gold sector, mm. I have to say. Okay, um, Andrew, are you a gold bull and a bull on Tuller Resources? I think relating to the gold piece, it should be a part of people's consideration of their portfolio, whether it actually needs to be there or not. You know, individual people, that's their own view. But uh, you talk about the volatility or it hasn't done a lot. Arguably, that's exactly what you want it to do. You know, when there's lots of noise about you don't want it doing a lot. I mean, it'd be perfect if it went up. Don't get me wrong. But if it's be an interesting chart, and I'm not asking for it now, it might be for next time we get together, but to look at the volatility of gold relative to the volatility of equities, I think you would find that gold actually has a place in a portfolio as a diversifier against volatility. Okay. So high level, don't mind gold. In the case of um, Tuller, um, lots going on, lots and lots going on. Nickel, lithium, iron ore. Um, 
I'm concerned that the Maloney family controls 65%, no slight on the Maloney family, I'm sure they're wonderful people, but what it then does is it feeds through to the lack of liquidity, as my learned friend just spoke about, $106,000 a day. So that's an issue for me. I note that the PE is only eight times. I note that they're starting production next year, but that lack of volatility and lots of other things going on with it, to me, are the key detractors, so it's a hold. Okay. All right, uh, Andrew, Roy wants a view on Wiser, the fintech, uh, into personal loans. Um, Roy says, I've been holding for more than a year and watched the share price fall from 32 to 7 cents. Always not a great experience, despite reporting consistently good results. Loan origination growth, strong revenue growth quarter after quarter. Fundamentals of the business look strong, though maybe the small end of category is on the nose at the moment. But having said that, Pepper Money has done well over the last 12 months. Uh, love to hear the view of the panel. I, I really struggle with this one, Koshi, um, because all the metrics actually look all right. And you look at their announcements and uh, Wise's announcements and, you know, it's, the trajectory is right and they're profitable, not profitable rather, that's probably the key issue, but certainly relating to like loan originations and they're managing the risk well. Their average client has a credit score of 801. So remembering that it can, I think it's 400 to about 1200. So, you know, they've got, they're writing prime loans. They're not doing uh, dodgy loans loans, if I can put it that way. Um, but, you know, down 73% for the year, um, you know, that, that is a very, very, very ordinary looking chart. And I think to me, the only thing that I can ascribe it to is that as interest rates are rising, there's a greater chance of default, greater chance of, you know, people going bad, um, whether that has the market spooked. Um, but you're right, it was a darling there. It was 30 odd cents 12 months ago. And, you know, here we are today at eight cents. Uh, there's not a lot of volume going through. Volume's back to about $150,000 a day. So it's certainly not a sell, not at these levels. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear Henry's thoughts on this one because I'm trying to figure out what the problem is with it. Yeah. Henry? I think the problem is they can't spell wiser. Um, <laughs> I think that's the problem. Oh, don't be an old codger. Jeez. Uh, I've got to say, I, I like this one, and uh, it did well for us for a while, and then it sort of fell off the planet. I think this is a buy down here, I have oh. to say. It's a $110 million market cap. It's got $71 million in cash. Interestingly as well, I thought I would, when this one popped up, I thought I would go on their website and have a I have no idea what my credit score is, by the way. Right. Um, I... Um, but I went on their website to have a little look to see how much it would cost me to uh, to borrow some money with them. Um, so I don't know what my credit score is, but the uh, the rate came out at, um, let me just get it up, uh, a three-year term, I was being charged 7.45%, which was the same for the five-year term and the same for a seven-year term. Uh, this was on a relatively, um, this was on pretty much a, um, a bathroom renovation effectively, right. 25, 25 grand, um, just to see how it all worked. And, you know, they do say that you put in your numbers, you put in your address, your driver's license, and they'll give you an answer within however long. And uh, it was pretty instantaneous you got this back. Everything does look good on this one. The problem is that everything's looked good on this for a long time, and yet it has slid into 
absolutely you know oblivion it's slid very much into the naughty corner i'm not sure what is really wrong with this they do really funky presentations it looks good uh, the loan books are good uh, they've got good cash all this sort of stuff i think this is a buy i think the market needs to have another look at this as andrew and i both have and i think the market will discover that maybe that we'll we're a bit mm. prejudiced by the fact that the you know the bad bad debts are going to suffer because the uh, the interest rates are rising and all that sort of stuff, which I think has really coloured this one. If you put the uh, if you put interest rates uh, on a chart against this one, uh, you would see that there's probably a, a massive inverse um, performance of this as interest rates have gone up. So this one has just dived. But I think this is worth a look. I think this is a buy. In fact, I'm going to do some more work on this, and I might even um, pop it back in my small cap portfolio because I think it looks interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, um, a little gem maybe discovered maybe. here. Thank you for that. Um, our next stock, um, Henry, is Best and Global Food Company. Um, it's a, a marketing business, basically distributor of dairy products, seafood, meat, wine, and health. Sort of like a, a collection, isn't it? A, a basket of different brands. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of a collection of different brands. Um, really not one that I, I mean every now and then you think about it and every now and then you should sort of lie down and take a bex and, and and just really not not think about it anymore I, I can't see a massive attraction with this one I must admit the, gr the gross margins uh, not too bad averaging 15% in Q4 it's obviously bounced off its lows uh, that we saw back in uh, April funnily enough it was um, a bit uh, a bit previous with the sell down it got a five and a bit cents back in June it's back up to to, uh, around 7.3 I just it just doesn't really tick too many boxes or tickle my fancy I must admit yeah. um, they, you know they talk about capitalizing on the opportunities but they've been talking about capitalizing on the opportunities for as, as long as I can remember and they they actually haven't capitalized on the opportunities at all really yeah. uh, to be quite honest it's just gone sideways to downwards and I think that's going to continue it's and by the look of the me. chart it's pretty illiquid as well is that doesn't help for a, for a milk company. There was a bit of a pun in there, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> sure, Koshi. But for a milk company, it is quite a liquid. We could do lots of jokes about cream of the crop and all that sort of stuff, but we won't. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, yeah, a liquid and uh, just I think you know, yeah, nah, not for me. Okay, uh, Andrew, best in global food. Positives, negatives, positive. South Australian company. Right. Negatives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, that's uh, that's rather unkind. Look, yeah, everything yeah. that uh, that Henry said, um, I, I, I struggle with the seventy six thousand dollars that I traded. It's very hard to get set in this. If you wanted to get set in this, I don't want to get set in this. It's a hold. Okay. All right. Our final stop. We'll kick off with you on this. Uh, Andrew is Bubs Australia, the uh, um, infant milk formula group. Um, uh, big exports into China. China put up the shutters, uh, dragged the rest of the market, uh, same with A2 Milk, then did this big deal into the United States and came in like the, uh, the knight on a white horse as um, the major manufacturer over there had some, some issues and plugged the gap and share prices zoomed. What do you think of Bubs? 
Look, uh, I, I, skeptic is probably the wrong term, but I've, I've been certainly cautious with this one um, because, you know, like the track record hasn't been great, but as I'm sure Henry will talk about in the moment, like all the moons have aligned. If they cannot get it right now, they will never get it right. You know, you've got the President of the United States who sort of rolled out the red carpet and please bring your product to the market. So that's why the share price is up 53% for the year, obviously. Still trading below consensus. Consensus is 72, 70 cents relative to the share price, which is in the 60s. Uh, obviously being stocked in Walmart and Target's a big positive for them. Uh, that news with A2 today is obviously not bad for them either. But uh, yeah, if, if like it, it's probably a momentum buy, if I can put it that way. Um, but as an investment, I really want to see, you know, are they able to hold their own once some of the competitors start coming back into the market? Like, can they build a brand which will sort of withstand competitive pressure? Or is it a bit of a one-hit wonder that as soon as, you know, some of the competitors come in and, you know, it's all being fought on price that it's going to crumble away? So momentum short-term buy, long-term hold. Because the, the biggest producer over there had some contamination issues, didn't they, and had to shut down. You would think everyone gets concerned about babies, so that will take a while to rebuild confidence. And as you say, A2 milk saw... What happened to Bubs? Uh, thanks to Joe Hockey and his Bondi partners for getting into the US and said, beauty, we're going to go in. And then FDA sort of didn't knock them back, has said they delay giving them approval. So uh, Bubs have a, a golden run in there, don't they? It, it, it doesn't get any better than this yeah. from sort of, you know, all the lanes are cleared. And that's what I'm saying, like execution in the past hasn't been great. If they can't make it work now, Okay. All right, so you're saying a momentum buy. All right, let's go to the uh, to the Bubs fanboy uh, because uh, he's basically neighbours with the uh, with the founder on the Northern Beaches. I don't think we're neighbours. I think she's in a different price bracket to me, Koshi. But, you know, <laughs> Andrew's absolutely, absolutely nailed this one. You know, if not now, when? I mean, they've got so many tailwinds. They should get every tin of, of infant formula they send to America. They should get the White House seal stamped on it. <laughs> Although I'm not sure that would be a positive, given Joe Biden's somewhat on the nose. Maybe, yep. uh, maybe it's... But that would be kind of smart marketing. You know, the lid would have the White House seal from the Oval Office stuck on it, you know, as approved by Joe. I mean, how much better does that get? And today, of course, we've had A2 Milk being knocked back on their, or deferred, sorry, uh, knocked back or deferred, deferred yep. on their um, their application to get their stuff with the seal of approval from Joe. So uh, it is about execution. The, uh, the stock had a big run up. It, uh, we, I put it in the small cap portfolio at 55 cents. It's now 62 cents. So it's hardly knocked the lights out, I have to say. No. And I had been very skeptical oh. of Bubs for a long, long, long time. I was not a fan of it. Um, but reluctantly, I got dragged to the infant formula well and decided that it was time to change my opinion. Sounds it like has you're calling. Are you? Uh, no, I'm not cooling. I'm not cooling at all because the problem the U.S. has got with Abbott is still there. The chart, the opportunity which we saw in China when we had the melamine yeah. uh, issue there with contamination there did take some time for really those brands to establish themselves. But when they did uh, with the Daigu trade, of course, it was um, it was on for young and old. 
that we don't have to worry about the Daigu trade with Bubs. They've got no. the president on their side. You know, they can stamp the tins and they they just fly. They don't have to put them in suitcases. They put them in an aeroplane. Yeah, they, they, they're taking this to the extremes. They have to execute that really. If they can't execute here, this is as good as it gets. If you stuff this up, Bubs, if you're listening, if you stuff this up, you are just hopeless because you can't get any any better than this um so okay. so I'm what have you got hold, have you got, got a hold on this a hold. I, I think i think at 62 cents you know we've made a little bit of money on this it the chart is kind of and it, it just looks a bit it's it's going sideways and it needs another kick in momentum i think and that's some more good news another couple of plane loads going yeah. when does uh, it report the, uh, that, uh, be I think it reports at the end of the month. Right. Okay. All right. So be it's, not, it's not far off, but we have had, you know, we have had updates from these guys yeah. along the way. So it's it shouldn't be massive surprise. It should be just really confirming what we already know because we did have a, a quarterly activities report back at the end of July because these guys report quarterly. But it would be nice to get a bit of a, a, a sort of an August update as well. So um, it's a hold from me. I'm hoping. Uh, that uh, it will continue. Okay. We do have sort of a bit of uh, directors buying as well in some of these thing, uh, this thing. Oh, it's so, Christy uh, buying, is she? Uh, I don't think it was. Uh, it was Katrina Rathi that was buying. Oh, okay. Uh, they uh, bought uh, some for the super fund at uh, fifty-two cents. Hmm. Took a bit of a um, at the okay. end of um, beginning of July. Uh, so yeah, uh, hold from me. But okay. uh, it has been a bit of a grind, I have to say. It's not Ooh. been spectacular. Okay. I would have thought today we might have got a little bit of a kick up on the back of that A2 news mm. because it does leave the field open a bit as, you know, True okay. Blue, Aussie, uh, Goat, Infant Formula and Dairy Formula into the US. All right. Christy, if you see uh, Henry at Coles or Woolies at Newport or uh, Avalon, yep. you need to give him I'll a bit of a pep talk. All I'll right. Be in sky. <laughs> Andrew Whelan, <laughs> good to see you, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Goshi. Andrew, Andrew Jennings, always great to catch up from Marcus today. Good to see you. Thanks, Goshi. All Thanks, right, Andrew. let's recap the final five stocks. Uh, reckon a hold from Andrew, a sell from Henry. Um, Teller Resources, hold from Andrew, no from um, Henry. Wiser, a hold from Andrew, a buy from Henry. Uh, when he's looked into this, he thinks it stacks up in the market, it hasn't caught on. Um, Best in Global Foods, a no from both. And uh, Bubs, a buy from um, from Andrew, a hold from Henry. If you've got any stocks you'd like it, me to put to our expert panel, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com today, or tweet us using the at TV handle. A reminder, you can see all the stocks in uh, the Calls Fantasy portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. The Call is brought to you by CMC Markets, a world-leading online trading platform for CFDs and shares around the globe.